Frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Hot off the press today, some news that the Brighton Pier Group is due to buy Yorkshire's Lightwater Valley. Also in the episode today, Sam is going to give us his opinion of visiting Mythica at Legoland. I'm joined today with Sam and Brett, as usual. How are you doing, Sam and Brett? I'm really good, thank you. It's nice to be back after what it feels like an eternity not doing a podcast. Hi guys, are we still doing this? Are we still here? (laughs) Here we are. Oh, it's so lovely to be back in a room, a virtual room, with you boys, chatting theme parks. Ugh, it's actually been, can you believe it's been almost two months since we've done this? Crazy. Yeah, it's been almost two months, and our last recording was live at Blackpool Pleasure Beach, so if you've not listened to that episode yet, listen to it. It's a very good episode, if I do say so myself. Although, I have to apologise for um, some of the sound, because I, f- I feel like I was kind of shouting at the microphone. I've, I've not quite worked it out yet. It's very difficult recording in a theme park when there's so much noise going on, and then you're trying to talk into a microphone, and you can't really judge how much the microphone is picking you up. And then when I listened back, I just thought, you're just shouting at people. So hopefully you enjoy it, apart from my shouting. That was a great <laughs> that, that was a great day, I must say. And oh, quick update, actually. So obviously, if you listen to the episode, I tragically had a misplacing of my favourite lucky hat. But to my very much wonderful surprise i arrived home um hazy three weeks ago and opened up a parcel to find that inside was my lucky hat and who was the magical person to have found my lucky hat which actually had previously sold out everywhere you couldn't have got it it's the number one perch merch man that i've ever known it's mr brett jones he (laughs) he is such a savior a very kind gent, and I honestly think there isn't a piece of merchandise, an item, anything that he wouldn't be able to find. That Brett. is true, yeah. I could probably find anything. I'm so glad I found that hat for you. I genuinely, uh, on the likes of uh, Vinted and, and all the you know, like second-hand apps, at the top of my searches is pink ASOS hat. Or, or so I was like searching, searching. Every now and then, I'd like be flicking through, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just double check one more time." And it just so happened that ASOS had had stocked them again. And I think I, when I bought one, there was like seven in stock, so they've probably gone again now. I'd imagine. So I, I got very lucky, but I, I, I knew that was your lucky hat, and 
Brett, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Honestly, when we next meet up for a for a um a vodcast or or a, or a vlogging session or whatever we end up doing, that hat is coming on. But it is not coming on some rides again, ladies and gents. Do not bring your <laughs> loose articles onto coasters. Never do it. <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, I, I have had a couple of comments since the last episode of people asking what about Sam's lucky hat and what happened to it. So. There, there you have it. Is uh, unfortunately, it looks like the original is uh, gone forever. Or some lucky person at Blackpool Pleasure Beach now owns Sam's Lucky Hat. So if you have any information on the original Sam's Lucky Hat, then uh, do send it to us confidentially, and we'll try and track it down. But Sam has a replacement Lucky Hat now. So there you go. The spirit of the Lucky Hat lives on to this day <laughs> thank you very much Brett honestly I don't think I, I wanted to say thank you publicly anyway because it just it meant the world but yeah awesome 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 and I can't actually can we go to a theme park again this summer please can we organise it yeah we'll have to go somewhere else won't we yeah I'm, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get that organised or maybe just after the school holidays when it's a little bit quieter but we'll see we'll see <laughs> something that hopefully will live on is Lightwater Valley, and there's been some there's been some rumours around. There's a hell like, of a, a little uh, crossover that I loved that Ryan. I, been, I, I just I thought that as well. Coming. I was like, God, Speaking we haven't done the... this in two months, and he's coming in with the most beautiful segue we've ever had. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I, as you, as you were, <laughs> you kind of ruined my segue. <laughs> but no, that's fine. Yeah, no, I've been working on my segues. I've been I've been studying. Charlie from BBC Breakfast getting in these segues. So there you go. You, you may experience some further segues in the future, but we'll see. There's been some uh, rumours around this, but it looks like there's been some news articles only literally published today as of recording today, which is Thursday. And I'm not sure when this recording will go out, but pretty soon. And it looks like Brighton Peer Group has uh, acquired the share capital of Lightwater Valley Attractions. And they basically, that's the company that owns the theme park and, and the business, etc. Lightwater Valley, which is near Ripon in, in Yorkshire. Looks like this deal has cost around £5 million, which on the face of it, £5 million for a theme park. I mean, if I had £5 million... I'd definitely spend it on a theme park. So I think they've potentially got a pretty good deal there. Considering that um, Yorkshire is the largest county in the UK, one of the most populous counties in the UK. And the only real kind of competition really in Yorkshire for the entire uh, amusement market in terms of a theme park would be Flamingoland and and they have a zoo uh, as well. So it looks like quite a a savvy move. Interesting, Lightwater Valley have recently kind of pivoted more to that younger family market. And and maybe what the reason why they did that was to make the company a little bit more attractive, a little bit more saleable. The Brighton Peer Group are actually saying that they actually have an ambition to turn Lightwater Valley into the, the premier amusement attraction in in yorkshire so what that tells me is that they've obviously got big ambitions for the park and i think that may mean that there is a future for the ultimate because how can you be yorkshire's premier attraction without the ultimate so what do we think about this news i'm so happy that we finally found uh, you know a secure place for for lightwater valley we've been talking about it quite a lot on the podcast and they 
didn't they didn't look like they were going to make it. I, I was I was actually very sure that that we were seeing the end of Lightwater Valley as as if not as we know it for good. Uh, so this is such a nice uh, nice bit of news to find that you know someone has obviously seen potential and has and and for like you said five million. I, it is in cash by the way. I checked it, it was in five million in cash, which I don't have lying around at the minute. Currently, it's all in a bank account, but. But otherwise, I, I think I'd have done that, five million in cash. I, I think it's great for the industry, isn't it? I mean, thank goodness we've saved it. I mean, it would have been awful to see a theme park go down the drain. You know, we, we never like to see closures. Um, so it was just wonderful to hear that they're back up and they've hopefully got some uh, new lease in life, some new investment. And thank goodness, thank goodness that the ultimate is saved. Because, I mean, selfishly, um, I've never been on the ultimate. And it was one of those things that I was just desperate to go on last summer but i didn't quite make it because obviously it didn't open so hopefully the ultimate is back open it's gonna still have its glory it's gonna hold its place as that iconic uk coaster and i just really hope that um that the brighton peer group can can bring some uh, some real pizzazz to uh to the to the yorkshire theme park because um i i feel it i feel I feel like Water Valley really does have a place in the UK market and within the UK industry, and especially with the ultimate being there. And so, hopefully, that this will keep it alive and keep it going, and and really, it will give it its second wave of glory, which I think ultimately it really deserves. Yeah, and 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 it's quite a, it is a sound um, investment um, because. Looking at the figures, uh, the year before Lightwater Valley recorded a profit of around six hundred thousand pounds, which I guess is um, it's not too bad for you know um, a theme park. You know, a theme park to make any kind of profit is is great. But six hundred thousand pounds looks like um, in twenty twenty they did make a, a bit of a loss. Um, I think I think it was probably about zero point two million in the end, but still. Uh, potentially a very sound investment you know they can come into uh, the park and and potentially uh, even almost running it as is uh, you know guaranteed to potentially uh, make a little bit of money hopefully because what they're saying is that they believe that there's quite a lot of pent-up demand in the UK market as as we have seen Uh, there's going to be a lot more staycations you know particularly this year probably going into next year as well Um, and Lightwater Valley is on it's on a very big site. I guess the only downside to that is that a lot of the land is taken up by the ultimate because the ultimate kind of traverses around a bit of a kind of big square. But they could do things in the middle of the ultimate. I don't think it has to be empty space in between. So yeah, so I think this is a really exciting uh development. Do you think that we will see uh the return to Lightwater Valley of rides that have recently been uh, retired, such as Eagle's Claw? Do we think I- I'm not entirely sure what the status is. I'm not sure if it's in storage or whether it's even been removed, I'm not sure. But do you think they'll initially come in and start to bring those rides back straight away? Or do you think they'll carry on with the young family market and just kind of build it back up slowly? What kind of approach do you think the Brighton Peer Group will take with Lightwater Valley? 
personally, I think just like when you know when when a new boss, for example, starts at a company, they always they never want to go backwards. They never want to do what their their kind of predecessors done, right? They they a lot of the time when someone starts afresh somewhere, they want to kind of make their mark. And I think that perhaps is what will follow with personally what I think will will help what will follow with the Brighton Peer Group. I think they'll want to come in and make their presence known, but also also actively show they're going in a different direction that the park hasn't seen before so it's a clear kind of stamp of this is what we're doing this is how we're doing it differently i think if they were to go straight back in to bring in the eagles call back in and re uh re-bringing in those kind of old retired rides i think it would almost just be kind of restoring what they already have and it wouldn't be innovative it wouldn't be new and um from what from what you know all the articles are saying what they're looking to do is to really promote this new era of the park so i think whatever move they choose to do first will will action that i think that the park will probably go down the route of you know the same way we've seen the upgrades around fantasy island recently um they're owned by the Mellows Group and they put in a lot of new fairground rides that they then make kind of permanent to the area and then they swap some out for something else depending on what's travelling around the country at the time. I think we'll probably see something like that but I definitely think that they'll want to try and get back that slightly teenager, older audience that they used to have. Uh, fingers crossed that we see the Ultimate up and running again one day Um and when it is up and running again, we'll all go and we will film our first uh, trip around on it. Mine and Sam's first trip on the on the Ultimate, we'll, we'll record it so you can hear us all in pain and glee at the same time. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> didn't we try and didn't we try and record ourselves on um, on the Grand National? Yeah, we did. And yeah. I and think the well, audio was very. Um, that was equally, wasn't? yeah. That was equally pain and glee, wasn't it? I believe, if I remember right. Well, was... yeah. Well, I th- well, I think you tried to record some audio. Just to clarify, we didn't try and film on it because you're not allowed to film on the roller coasters at. Uh, no, Blackpool. no, we're we're good boys. Um, yeah, yeah. We just yeah. do audio. Here. It was it was with a lavalier mic, but I, I I think the audio was just pretty much, and Sam going ah ah ah, <laughs> all the way around. Well, that's so, actually uh, that is pretty accurate to what really happened I, this if anything that audio was perfect right? i mean that was literally like life <laughs> for life I, I, I just remember i just remember so much brett and myself just wetting ourselves and laughing because we were having such a good time and you on that coaster you literally do take off i mean that is no exaggeration you fly over those over those uh what do i say over those hill times and um what do i say what do i say oh, hill, hill time, time. And, yeah you said hill time hill time and and, uh, and hat, hat tops and hat high tops. hats high hats <laughs> hill tops and high hats <laughs> you heard it here first all the theme park lingo <laughs> do you think that flamingo land will be concerned about its development do you think the might see that Lightwater Valley is going to become serious competition for them or do you think Flamingo Land will just carry on doing their own thing? I think they're going to have to go all out and get some pretty big investments in for for Flamingo Land to be uh, concerned. However, I'm not seeing great reviews on Flamingo Land at the minute either. So this would be the perfect opportunity for 
the Brighton peer group to go in and go, hey, you know what? Uh, Flamingo Land's on the downturn at the minute due to COVID and everything else, and they're struggling clearly with staffing and stuff like that. So let's take that market, you know? So we might actually see a a little Yorkshire coaster war. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, that would be fantastic. Could you imagine? But then just to top it off, you know, I can imagine uh, Flamingo Land coming out with something awesome. And then Nightwater Valley just shrug their shoulders and go, yeah, but you don't have the ultimate. And they relaunch it as, you know, the ultimate reloaded or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> they paint the trains a different colour or something. And it'll be yeah, they, massive. Yeah, they, they put the over-the-head restraints back on just so, you know, everyone comes back completely unconscious. <laughs> well, I, I always said there's a potentially interesting investment that they could do on uh, the ultimate, which potentially wouldn't cost too much uh, a little bit wickerman esque because they have such a long turnaround section like you're probably on that turnaround section for you know minutes i always thought why not cover up the turnaround section and maybe have some sort of show going on something that would re- because obviously you you'd going round the turnaround and you're about to go through the most intense part of the ride wouldn't it be even more intense if, if they could have a bit of a show which kind of ramped things up a little bit? So maybe it could start off quite genteel in the tunnel and things start to kick off a little bit. You know, it could be projection maps, could even have smoke and uh, maybe kind of fire effects and things. But you could have lighting that kind of looks like fire effects. And then at the end, it'd be something like you're now dropping into the abandoned forest or something and then bang you go down into the forest section and all hell breaks loose and we that's what it's like anyway wouldn't that be a really interesting development and a, and a way to kind of relaunch the ultimate maybe bring it into the 21st century a little bit or hear me out make it a wing rider no anyone Ooh. <laughs> no, obviously don't do that, please. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm pretty sure you just you just hit the trees. <laughs> Actually, I I can see where you're coming from with with the you know making almost a bit of a theatre of it because it is so well known for being brutal. So they could play on that a, a little bit, I guess. And and you know if they turn up the the theatrics of it a little bit, uh, yeah, I could see something like that being done. Okay, this this is my personal opinion though, right? So I I just think the beautiful thing about the ultimate is that it is so rustic, and and I'm not talking in terms of the the coaster, but I mean the way that it just uses its natural surroundings, like it hugs the terrain. You're in the middle of the forest. It doesn't need any synthetic, man-made um, kind of show uh, scenes or anything to kind of boost it up because its natural environment that it rides in is just so stunning and so so Yorkshire and so you're right in the you're right in the sticks and I think that's so unique I have to say that it, it naturally if you sit at the back of the ultimate because the train is so long that it does build quite a lot of anticipation because you can see the front of the train disappearing <laughs> over the hill and you just know that you're going to get whipped over the top um, you know the front of the train is already heading into the trees by the time <laughs> you head down there and it pulls you down with such force it, it's unbelievable um, so back row uh, on the ultimate on that on that sort of final turnaround section just before it goes into the woods is, is an incredibly intense experience uh, as it is so yeah so let's see what happens 
So from Yorkshire, moving down south, uh, Mythica, uh, a land at Legoland, has recently opened, and Sam recently went to visit Mythica. So, Sam, do you want to share a little bit about your experience? What were the highlights? Um, what were the things that met your expectations? Were there anything that didn't quite meet your expectations? What was your overall experience of uh, Mythica at Legoland Windsor? Yeah, sure. So uh, just to give you a bit of context as to where Mythica is, um, as you come down to the sort of the main harbour area of the park where the Lego Friends show is and soon to be the new Pirate shows they've just announced on their social media. Very exciting. Pirate Bay is kind of this return of Skeleton Bay is coming back. Um, if you carry on going straight down there as if, you, as if you're heading towards the hotels, you will see a giant kind of rock work style Mythica entrance and there it's from Mythica that you enter the portal. Now to give you context on the narrative, um, essentially anything, all the, all the sort of the, the, the Lego that the kids build, they build these creatures and animals and lives and all of that uh, comes to life in Mythica and uh, the skyline Maximus is, is the sort of the main champion of the, the brand, I guess, uh, of the, this particular arm and brand of Lego. Um, and he is the main focus of the Flying Theatre, uh, which is the e-ticket attraction of the area. So in the area in total, you've got uh, two new attractions. You've got, and you've got a rethemed restaurant and a rethemed, uh, it was called Wave Surfer, I think it was before. Um, and, uh, and now it's... I can't remember what they're calling it now, but it's a rethemed wave surfer. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and you've also got some new entertainment offerings. You've got some new character meet and greets, which is really cool. Um, and the other, the, the new attraction aside from the flying theater is a family drop tower, which is like a small, um, very, very small kind of family family drop tower, which again is great. There's some great theming, some great noises that go with it. Um, and the whole area just feels very new, very fresh. One thing that really struck me when initially walking in was two things. One, the use of uh, augmented reality. So they have an augmented reality app that you can walk around and, and interact with the land with all these different kind of points um, that interact with your with your phone which is so cool um and it's something that's really just worth exploring almost by itself you know get the app and have a wander around the land and try it out it is awesome um but then also the, the score is so dramatic and so hollywood you know it feels this this almost feels like we're on the same par with america now i'm gonna use that very heavily because we're talking about what i believe to be the uk's number one dark ride attraction like out there it, it is it's absolutely incredible if not the uk's number one attraction right now and that is flight of the skyline and that is Legoland's brand new flying theater in fact the uk's very first flying theater and my goodness gracious me it is not often that i found myself getting emotional in a dark ride doesn't that sound strange Right, a lot of you have done soaring, the you know dynamic soaring, or if you've done um, Voltron in, I'm saying that Voltron, I think I'm saying that right in uh, uh, Europa Park, um, but this is a whole different kettle of fish. First of all, it's a different system, a different manufacturer, um, but it just feels like its own attraction. It's 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 massive. 
and when the screen completely wraps around you engulfs you in exactly the same way as Soren does but the nice thing is is because of I guess Soren is slightly older technology um, you get warping on the sides right with, with Soren if you ever go on one of the outer edge seats have you ever done that but with this because it's fresh newer technology and the screen is a lot wider you don't get any of that you know um of course if you look if you if you intentionally look kind of try to look as far as you can up you will see the edge of the screen but if you just look straight ahead you know the the, the natural kind of formings of the roof um you know hide all of that so in terms of your your, your vision and your sight lines you you are good you you are really good um and let's talk about the, the senses of course that there's the usual there, there's movement uh, there, there's scent and smell in there um, and there's a great 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 little storyline again very thrilling very kind of simple to follow you're you're following the skyline as you fly through the land of mythica and it is thrilling i mean the movement you get on this we're not just talking swooping and soaring and gentle tilts this is quite a bit more jolty a bit more a bit more ferocious which is really lovely to see actually and i've got to say it was emotional it was breathtaking the music was fantastic the scents were there it was just the first time that I've came off a ride in so many years and thinking, yeah, we're we're at the same, this is at the same level now as our American cousins. And we don't have a lot of that in the UK, but my goodness, have, have Legoland done it and have Merlin pushed the boat out with this. It is fantastic. It really is. It really, really is. So I encourage you, if you haven't done it yet, or even if you think Legoland's just for kids, etc. Yes, of course, that's a demographic. But just go down there and try this out. Even if you just go for this one ride, you won't regret it. It's awesome. One thing I'm interested in, Sam, is over at Epcot with uh, Soarin'. From what I understand, uh, I haven't actually ridden Soarin'. I, I didn't. Uh, I think it was down when I went. But I understand that really you've got to kind of sit in the middle to kind of get the full experience. And if you kind of sit on the outside... Uh, the screen is a little bit warped so is, is it similar or can you literally sit in any seat and you get exactly the same experience good question yeah i, I think it really depends on how hard you're actually trying to look for those errors so I, i'm pleased to say i didn't notice any warping um having said that i was on the top row and i was towards the middle uh i'd say like yeah middle-ish but i didn't ever notice any warping and i honestly don't think you would because the screen doesn't doesn't it wraps around you but 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 um not in the same way that soaring does so it's it's nice in the, in that in that respect now i only did it the once and i did hear that the, that the prime seat the best seat to get this is what i heard from some of the staff there is it's the middle row towards as much center as you can that is the best seat to get now with, with my seat it wasn't bad as i said i didn't notice any warping yes i was i was quite high up um, but that never affected the ride, and again, because I didn't, I didn't want it to affect the ride. I wasn't looking for those errors and those issues. And I think that's one thing that, when you go to view these new rides with a critical mind, yes, be critical and be constructive, but also don't purposefully go for looking to nitpick at things because then you just won't enjoy it so i tried to go in with a really open fresh mind and i was i really was blown away so you don't get this the, the warping of the screen like, like like you do when you sit on the end of soaring because i think it's newer technology it's a different system um and personally for me i would like to think no matter where you sit you would get an awesome ride and certainly from the top view 
from, from top level, sorry, near the middle. It was great. I find it quite interesting that we finally, almost in a way, it sounds, I've not seen it, it sounds as if we've we've beaten a Disney ride. <laughs> um, I think it obviously has its its own its own charm to it as well. Uh, and as for the screen potentially not warping and looking a bit better in some places, is Soaring is quite an old ride now. So we've we've gotten better projectors since then, and so I I'm really glad that we we finally got a flying theatre um, in the UK, and I can't wait to get down and ride it. Actually, I I'm not a massive fan of Legoland because, like you said, the demographic is is young. Uh, but I, I I'm really tempted to come down just to ride this now. Honestly, I've, uh, it's it's worth it. It really is. I'm I'm not just blowing smoke either. Honestly, it is worth it. That that's what I did. I went down on opening weekend purposefully just to do this one one attraction, and that's easy for me because I I live in Windsor anyway, so I live right near it, so it's not very hard. But I mean, I still visited the park just for that one attraction, and yeah, the line was long, but it was awesome. It's very interesting actually the way it works. So. Un, you know, similar to the to that so in the dynamic system in the soaring system you kind of rise up um, and kind of move forwards which kind of feels like you're lifting off and then the pivot kind of moves up on its arm and then you're kind of stacked right but the way this works is you kind of get sent to a station and then as you sit down on your seat depending on which number you're given you then kind of pivot out outwards sort of towards so, so you're facing the screen but because all of that is done in, a, in a, almost like a flash and in pitch black it's like one minute you're facing a wall and the next minute a giant you know screen just awakens in front of you and it is that moment truly is like wow like i i remember gasping when that happened it was absolutely breathtaking and it is like 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 i said the riders just got such heart and the soundtrack is so loud and so i don't know just moving it was honestly it was it was great it was i i'm blown away honestly one thing that really strikes me just looking at the pictures is that it looks like mythica has been designed for the instagram generation you know the it's very colorful very well defined uh theming um i've seen lots of amazing pictures so did it look as good in person as it as it does in the pictures yeah, no, absolutely, and there's there's so much sort of um, there's so many photo opportunities and interaction around the land, um, and actually one of the interesting things they've done is introduced a new character to the land called Bits and Bobs. Um, now, Bits and Bobs, I think I'm saying that right. He's a oh, it's a uh, mischievous. Oh gosh, was it a dragon? I feel like it was a dragon, a mischievous dragon um, that. Oh, I hope I'm not getting it, getting mixed up with another mysterious dragon. <laughs> oh, figment! But um, how many was, mysterious uh, dragons do you know? <laughs> well, there's only two main ones, right? Um, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, anyway, and so yeah, so bits and bobs is sort of uh, is a very mysterious dragon in the uh, pre-show video, and it's very sweet when they're sort of giving over the instructions of of uh, how to sit in your seat and you know the safety practices. Um, but you can actually then afterwards, after the ride, um, and you've you've obviously seen bits and bobs in the rides, and you've been you've been aware of this character. You can then actually physically meet little bits and bobs with um, with a sort of member of the uh, of the Mythica team who was there to sort of uh, to, to sort of assist the, the the meet and greet with bits and bobs. So I thought that was really cool to see a brand new a brand new character 
out and about and yeah there's just a lot of photo opportunities it's a very it's a very emotionally driven land i know that sounds strange but with the music booming it's very very emotional would you compare the land to um anything over maybe in florida either at universal or disney would you say it's really its own thing truthfully because it 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 isn't I wouldn't say it's on the same grandeur of like um, the Lost Continent at Universal, right? It's not that in terms of that big in terms of rock work. But there is some serious rock work theming here. And I've got to say it, I've re- and I will say it, <laughs> the um, the show building that the Flying Theatre's in has been dressed beautifully, you know, with, with the skyline out the front. So yes, you are staring at a warehouse, but also because they've themed it up and it looks so nice, it's just naturally become a part of the land. And even that, when I walked around the corner, I gasped at because it was just so big. It was so massive and it just appears out of nowhere. Um, so yeah. I honestly recommend get yourself down there. It's really good that they've, they've invested in theming because they've got a lot of stick for the, the Madhouse, which it's got a bit of a front on but you can t- they've put a couple of kind of decals on around the side but you can tell it's corrugated metal so they got a lot of stick for that and i think there was a bit of concern that maybe legoland were letting the standards drop a little bit in terms of the uh, theming at least outside um so it's really good that they've they've you know they've done this investment and that they're really trying to up their game in terms of theming and i know that you said earlier um it's it's like something you'd see in america etc but i think the reality is that i think i think you know some americans would probably say that in the uk we probably have some of the best theming i mean it's it's not always necessarily on on the big scale but if you look at some of the and we don't necessarily always invest in lands i think that's the difference is that in the uk they'll invest a lot of theming into a particular ride and maybe a bit of an area not necessarily a land whereas in america particularly in florida they'll they'll build a whole land and especially when you get into the kind of the mid united states you see you sometimes see less and less theming you know dependent on the park that you're in so it's it seems to be a trend in the uk now that we seem to be up in our game now in terms of theming uh so that's really good Honestly, if this is the way we're going, with the level of detail and the quality of that flying theatre and that attraction, uh, and if you haven't done it, don't watch YouTube. Don't spoil it for yourself. Go in there with a fresh mind, wait in that line, and just think, I don't know what's coming around the corner. And I promise you, you'll be wowed. Brilliant. Okay, so it looks like a trip to Mythica at Legoland Windsor is definitely something that's highly recommended from Sam's perspective. So I think that pretty much wraps it up today. Um, but we will be coming back with uh, further episodes in the future. We're gonna we're starting to we've had a little bit of a break as we mentioned at the start of the episode, and we're starting to ramp up our recording again. So I'm not sure if you'll quite see the uh, weekly uploads just yet, but we're going to start recording more and more. We are looking to do a bit more on the YouTube channel, and we've been working on a slightly different format uh, for our YouTube videos, um, so keep an eye out for that. So if you're not subscribed, then find us on YouTube. Just search Theme Park Loopy. Sam and Brett, do you want to remind everyone where they can find you on social media if they want to like and subscribe and share and 
what's your catchphrase sam is it uh hang out and chill something like that? oh god <laughs> let's not bring back the dm and chill thing that's dm and chill, DM and chill. Weird. that was never my catchphrase by the way did I that ever know. make it into an episode dm and chill I don't know. I don't yeah. know where that came from because that absolutely categorically is not something that I wish for anyone to do. So <laughs> please come visit my socials if you want to. Um, but just yeah, don't 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 kids don't fall into that trap. That's not a good trap to fall into. So so where are your socials then, Sam? <laughs> so um, if if you want to get involved with everything that I'm up to, you can follow me on Coaster Sand Blog on Instagram and on YouTube as well. Um, and where I have oh man, I haven't said this in such a long time. WTF? Hang on, let me start again. So if you want to keep up to date with everything that I'm doing, you can catch me on my Instagram that's at Coaster Sand Blog or on our YouTube that's at Coaster Sam as well. And you can follow everything we've got going on there. We upload articles, news pieces. We even host our very own theme park trivia game show, which will be coming back this summer. I am determined. I haven't posted anything or done much uh, because of some personal reasons really recently. But I can't wait to get back on it. It's coming back. Uh, so head over to Instagram at Coaster Sound Blog. Check out our IGTV, YouTube and more to join in. That was as if you were never gone, Sam. That was that was perfect. Um, so you can find me on, on Instagram as well. All my theme park related stuff I post on Instagram under Theme Parks by Brett. I post a lot of my all the stuff that I collect and all the stuff that I make, all my theme park artwork as well. Um, and then you can find me on just the usual every other things just under Brett Jones if you if you need to ask me a question let me know yeah or if you've recently lost your pink lucky hat then uh, I think Brett I think you were talking about setting up um, a detective agency uh, for the search of uh, lucky pink hats is, is what you were saying yeah I, I think it's either that or at least uh, as Sam mentioned earlier it has to be something about like theme park merchandise I, I, I just ne- I've just never known anyone to be so good at finding <laughs> the most strangest people. I can literally be like, can you find this lanyard from 1971? And you'd be able to find it, probably. Yeah, I, I have got, I've got the knack to, to finding some pretty cool old theme park merch now. Uh, actually, just recently, obviously since we all went to Blackpool, I found a an old... Uh, Valhalla, it was like a 3D skull, like you remember the entrance that was on uh, the skull that was on the entrance mm. it's a 3D model of that made out of concrete wow. I, I just stumbled across it recently and I was like this is amazing and I, I, I've never seen one before uh, I, I, just... I, think, uh, I think I need that in my garden um... it's, not, it's not that big but I'm, I'm wondering if we can get like a, a bigger cast of it somehow if we can do that yeah, that'd yeah. be great. I wish that I had a gardener big enough that had maybe a little stream in it and I could put maybe the Valhalla uh, skull entrance over part of the stream and maybe I could have like a little boat that went through or something. A, fl- a boat so... filled with like, like a Valhalla boat with like loads of flower beds in it. Yeah, well it's always been my ambition to either buy one of the old Valhalla boats or one of the monorail cars and put it in the garden. Um, but mm. our, our garden isn't quite big enough, really, to get away with it. They were selling actually uh, cars from the old roller coaster cars, you know, before it was a Nickelodeon streak. 
I think they've been sold now and I was really tempted but the only problem is you need to have a flatbed truck and you need to be able to get out there and obviously get someone to pick it up on a flatbed so it does make it slightly more complicated and um, I think roller coaster cars probably are pretty heavy um, <laughs> so <laughs> and, then, and then try and crane it around the back of your house or something it, the logistics are complicated but anyway they are currently uh, <laughs> selling the Grand, the old Grand Prix cars actually Oh, really? They were made by Arrow, £750 are on their website currently. Do you know, that would be that would be an absolute piece of merchandise, an old Arrow Grand Prix yeah. car. Oh, there's a really nice, like a turquoise one with the old Blackpool logo. Yeah, they're, they're, they're quite nice. Yeah, that, 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 that sounds good, does that? That sounds up my street. Yeah. Didn't you Go just recently have merch. a new car? We just get another one. Just, but, but this one... Yeah, I'll um I'll I'll sack off the new car and I will get a Grand Prix car instead. Uh, I'll just put um I could put a little engine in there, couldn't I? And just kind of boop around town or something. Yeah, it'd look great. Oh, and the monorail cars as well. There's a monorail car that's got the Valhalla branding on it and an M M&M and M branded one as well. They're two hundred pound each. That's nothing. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. Um, I was very, but I was very tempted. There was, um, they were selling the the car that had the glass, the the more modern version yeah. that they had that didn't didn't really come out. It had got like a glass um, side on it, so you could have used it as like a home office or something like that. I think the ones that are for sale now are the old model out there with the kind of plastic canopy on. They I think. Are, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you could still do something with it. It'd be good to sit out in the garden with, but you you couldn't use it as like um, you know an office or a shed or something, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so when I have a bigger garden, um, I'll, maybe I'll be in the market. Um, however, my my allotment area of my garden, um, we are gonna turn that into a kind of weird uh, wicker man themed allotment. Uh, is the plan? Uh, but I haven't worked out how to get the flags and all that kind of stuff yet. So um, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Don't rush me. Don't I can. Rush me. I'll make you the flags. I can. I can make those quite easily. I'd imagine. Oh, okay. I might have to take you up on that, and that'd be pretty good. Because I'd, I'd, I'd just like some of them are uh, spotted around. You know, the little flags that they have that they're kind of planted into the ground, and maybe some of the, um, you know, signage that they have. Maybe. I love I yeah. love this Wicker Man garden concept. From what you showed us already, it looks fantastic, Ryan. So no doubt it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. You see, this is the problem. You see, I'm I'm getting to an age now where I like theme parks. I also like allotments. So <laughs> it's, it's a it's a complicated mixture, you know. I can imagine. I, think... I can let you imagine imagine you on TV. Oh, there, my name's Ryan. <laughs> So Sammy may be thinking, well, I'm at the age where I like theme parks, but I also like gardening. So I got myself an allotment, decided to make it a theme park. Oh, isn't that weird? A theme park allotment. Who wants a chip butty in a pint? Come on. <laughs> oh my God. I guarantee you are the only person that is currently debating the, the, the dilemma that is theme park or allotment. I don't think there's anyone else in the world currently going, ooh, I want an allotment, but I do like theme parks. <laughs> it's, an, it, it's a dilemma. It's a yeah. real dilemma. Why don't so, just, um, you know, merge the team like Ryan's doing and buy half a monorail and that can be in your allotment and then just stick a flower in it and then there you go. Better still get yeah. your flowers from the Alton Towers 
garden centre. Yeah, which again was our idea. Which oh wait oh actually we've already we've already done this. Then we've already done theme parks and gardening. Oh. We we already came up with that, and then Aunt Tower stole it. This is true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so if you're listening, Orton Towers, um, if we start to see a Wicker Man themed allotment mm. uh, somewhere in the grounds, then, then we're on to you. I mean, Orton Towers love our ideas. They, I think they intensely listen to our podcasts and take notes every single episode, don't they? So they must do. Here's, here's some more ideas for you, you know. And, um, you know, Sam will be up to Orton Towers soon, and I'll be up to, uh, down to Orton Towers soon, and. Um, you know, we'll have more ideas for you. Don't worry about it. You know, that's it. So, <laughs> don't don't you worry about it. Right. Okay. So uh, that brings us to the close of the episode. Um, some mad mad speculation at the end there. But um, if you if you want to subscribe to the podcast, then do because that really helps us uh, in the ranking. Um, join us on social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Just uh, come along. Say hello. Maybe don't DM and chill, but um, you know you can leave us a message, and um, we, you know we always try and answer back if you if you leave us a message uh, on the Facebook or on the Instagram. So in the meantime, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again real soon.